Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. How you doing? Evening, I'm Tim Cocker. This is the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2, where over the next hour, we're going to be looking ahead to that decisive winner-takes-all third test between the Springboks and the Lions on Saturday. What are the latest talking points? What are the head coaches saying? Well, you're going to hear from both Warren Gatland and Jack Nianaba before this show is done. And also, we're going to draw on the vast experience of former British and Irish Lions Simon Shaw. He can help explain the psychological and the physical challenge of what lies ahead for those Lions, especially in the engine room. Just what is it like going up against a pack of massive South Africans that just want to hurt you? Simon Shaw can definitely give us his thoughts on that plus we're finishing off our player profile feature with a triple bill and we'll take a closer look at the origin stories of Maru Itoji Tyg Furlong and Robbie Henshaw but we're 24 hours on now from when the the teams were announced for this third test a reminder of the team news for the Lions there were six changes two in the front row where Wynne Jones and Ken Owens come in at loose head and hooker respectively Uh, in the back line there are four changes. Ali Price switches with Conor Murray and starts at scrum half. In the centre, Bundiaki uh, starts at 12 with Robbie Henshaw shifting out one. And in the back three, two Welshmen uh, come in, Josh Adams and Liam Williams. And that's for Anthony Watson and Stuart Hogg. South Africa make two changes. Kobus Reinach in for Fafta Clerk uh, in the at scrum half. Lou Diaga coming into the second row uh, to accommodate the injury for Peter Steftatoy. So two enforced changes for South Africa. Uh, Talk Sports Alfie Reynolds. You, evening, you, Tim. Uh, evening. You've had a little bit of time now to to sit with the selections. How do you? What's your gut feeling at the moment? I'm going for through a range of emotions this week, Tim. I feel like a proper fan emotions. So early on in the week, I was still annoyed at the weekend. <laughs> I had that real buzz and excitement when the teams were announced yesterday, dawning on me just how big a game this is. And now I'm a little bit nervous. I'm looking at the teams. I'm questioning Warren Gatland. I'm questioning the selections. So in all truth, Tim, genuinely, I'm starting to look at the squad and I have my concerns. I, I I feel, where do you want me to start? I can start in the back line. I can start on the bench. I'm looking at all different areas. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay. So both of us in our pre-selection picks, we thought Duan van der Merwe should be, should be dropped. Yeah. And he is the one member of the back three who retains his place, which surprised you and I, surprised a lot of people, I think. 
but there are some people that know a lot more than we do or can, <laughs> or at least can can analyze things in a much more in-depth way and i'm going to give credit to ben smith journalist uh, for rugby pass who's pointed out that over the series of games so far when the lions have kicked a contestable kick with duan van der merver as the guy chasing the springboks didn't manage to gather a single ball zero out of 11 which bearing in mind we're going to get a massive aerial threat that really surprised me that stat so maybe that's where his height comes into it a little bit more. I'd be interested to know what his receiving stats were. Yeah, because my, my sort of gut feeling is he, he wasn't catching a lot. <laughs> but if he's stopping South Africa from catching it, that's something at least. But uh, So that made me feel a bit better about one of the areas I was sort of scratching my head about a little bit yesterday. The, the other one I'm scratching my head about, I don't know if you were the same, but is the is the midfield combination. And I've got no doubts that Bundyaki and Robbie Henshaw, they know each other well. They've played a lot together, and that's good. Um, but we'll hear from Warren Gatland uh, in a little bit. In fact, do you know what? Let's hear, before I talk about this, let's hear from Warren Gatland now. Uh, let's look because I want to look at the kind of game we can expect on the weekend. And tactically, the Lions were second best on Saturday last week. Warren Gatland said they they need to counteract South Africa's high press, particularly with South Africa the way that they defend with that sort of rush defence, you know, closing everything in. It doesn't give you a lot of time and space, and that's why it's so important to get on the front foot and. To get some go forward, whether that's through your forwards or, or hitting it up or the variation of positive kicking game to slow the bit of their line speed that gives you just a little bit more time on the ball to, to create more space. So they need to get on the front foot, says Warren Gatland, which is where I totally get his selection of Bundyaki. Equally, he's talking about wanting to get a bit wider and outside the South Africa press and... I just that's where I wonder if Owen Farrell at 12 might have been a better selection if you just want the ability to distribute into those wider channels. Yeah, I had Owen Farrell at 12. I mean, ever since in the first test when Lacanyoam absolutely hammered Elliot Daly, it's almost like the Lions haven't really tried to spread the ball wide since then, I feel. I'm sure the stats probably don't necessarily back that up, but that's how it feels. I had Farrell at 12 because of the extra playmaking option. And just when I look at that midfield, Tim, I think all tour... They've struggled to know their best options. And I think Warren Gatland himself has admitted that it's been an area of real contention and, and real debate amongst the coaches. It hasn't been particularly settled. But I do think it's a concern. I'm just not convinced that Bundyaki is going to come in and you know have that kind of physical dominance to consistently get us over the game line against this South African defence. I think you'd be better trying to go round them and shift the point of attack rather than that kind of crash ball that he'll bring. Yeah, well... I. I, I always with these times I, I give my opinion you give yours and then I sort of in the back of my mind I just go Warren Gatlin knows more than you do Tim maybe <laughs> get back in your box I mean that's completely fair enough and actually <laughs> in Gatlin's defence I was someone who was completely against dropping Brian O'Driscoll in 2013 that worked out pretty well and after that I did kind of say look you've you got to trust him he knows what he's doing and that is the same here again but I think for a few reasons I think because this Lions tour they haven't had as much preparation the combinations are less tested I maybe have a little bit less faith in the selections and in the squad in general because maybe the conditions of which they're trying to go into this match aren't ideal for them Good save by the way on saying Brian O'Driscoll's name you nearly had one for uh, Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Week. I have, I've been on Clips of the Week before, <laughs> so, you know. All right, let's uh, just flip over to the other side for a second. And South Africa, well, they're going to expect the Lions to be better on Saturday. No getting around that. And head coach Jacques Nienaber, he says they'll need to adjust to what the Lions throw at them. Our challenge will be to, to adapt uh, as quickly as possible. I felt in the first test match, uh, we struggled to adapt in the second half. 
when they changed uh, the way they uh, they attacked us, and uh, and I thought in the second test we handled that a little bit better. So. Uh, as we always say uh, in the squad or in the team that um, we are solution driven and uh, you will always get faced with challenges in a test match and you can do all the planning as much as you want but there always will be uh, challenges that arise in a test match and we must find solutions for that um, and, and nothing will change in terms of this third test, uh, third test. It's, it's a do or die for both teams you know it's a final uh, and it's going to be massive. It is going to be massive. I'll tell you what else is massive. The pack that South Africa can select. That's just what I worry about. I just look at those giant lumps of South Africans and uh, it must be intimidating to face up against. That's why I'm looking forward to hearing from Simon Shaw a bit later on. He knows what it's like. But uh, the Lions have got to match them. But South Africa, I just worry they're going to get better again. Yeah, that's my concern. I know some people have said that Peter Steftatoy is a massive loss and of course he's class, but they've brought in Lou Diaga. They've moved Moster onto the flat. They've still got that real physical presence that's so key to the way they play. I don't necessarily see Steph Toy being out as, as that big a bonus for the Lions. Just on the Lions forwards as well, Tim, it, it's kind of the area that's the, the least changed throughout the test matches. We've seen the front row change, but the second rows and, and the back row has stayed the same. Are you surprised by that, given the fact that actually a big part of why the Lions struggled in the second test was they haven't got on the front foot and we can kind of analyse the backs as much as we want but surely ultimately that comes down to the forwards yeah they uh, South Africa in the second half got the better of the breakdown Um, they bossed the line out they bossed them all they bossed the scrum but to improve those specific areas I don't know where else you would turn because like I say you've just got these giant bodies and I, I wouldn't I mean Hamish Watson's a fantastic open side flanker to take on South Africa physically and get a bit of dominance at the breakdown, I'd still trust Tom Curry. So when you look player by player, I can totally understand uh, keeping it the same. And I think going back to the style of play that the, that the Lions approach this game with, that's going to make a massive amount of difference because you're just playing into South Africa's hands if you let them have these long breaks, as we've spoken about, and if you just run at them. So... I think it's going to be the mentality they open up with, not the personnel particularly that's going to dictate how this game goes. I think that's fair. Is it? Would it be an oversimplification to say whoever wins the aerial battle wins the test? Because I look back on the second test and for me that's where the Lions lost it because they knocked the ball on, they didn't collect it, it led to scrums which led to penalties which South Africa kicked into the corner and had driving mules. Yeah, the bomb squad is going to be in full force again from South Africa. I hope Mm. it's less in force for the Lions. And I hope when they do get a bit of territory that they actually do something a bit different with it. But uh, it's some people criticise the style that South Africa play with, just kicking a lot. But you've got to say it's so effective and they're so good at it. And you can only do it when you are a really well-drilled unit. Yeah, and... and as you just mentioned, that the worry from a Lions perspective is that South Africa are only going to get better. And if that is the case, then it's going to be a really tall order for the Lions to win the series. I feel like we're getting down on it today, Alfie. But as I said, Tim, we're going through the range of emotions. Yeah, Let, we are. Hopefully by tomorrow, <laughs> we're going to be all positive and full steam ahead. But, you know, this is this is what we're worried about at yeah, the moment. This is our, yeah, we're, we're going on that roller coaster of emotions and uh, you're doing it with us every single evening on the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby. 18 plus, be drink aware. A reminder, that crucial third test is live on TalkSport this Saturday. Build up from 4pm, kick off at 5pm. And um, one little segment I've loved bringing you throughout this Lions tour is 
the player profiles where we get people that knew the players before they before they were famous, before they were household names, when they could only dream of being Lions and getting their thoughts on these guys when they were younger. And next we're going to be taking a look at, it's a, it's a trio, Maru Itoji, Robbie Henshaw and Tyg Furlong. We are level. Cape Town will see a decisive and third test match next Saturday to decide this series. We definitely want to play some play some more rugby than and we just didn't get that opportunity in the second half. You know, it's the pinnacle of our of our careers. It's, it's a cup final for us this weekend and we get another shot at it and uh, we were just excited and, and looking forward to it. They're a metre short of the line, they're up to the line, are they over it? Try scored! We've got one more chance, one more chance to make history of this group. Last game of the season, last game for for four years. Stubs it through, look you and can he get it down in goal? I think he might have done, he's dotted it down. That's going to be an unbelievable test. I think it's it's, uh, it's going to be a final one all in the series, so it's going to be a massive one. It's just another page or another chapter in the story of this tour that has had so many ups and downs and so many adventures. I've just got a feeling that it might get a little bit lively and tasty. Go out, enjoy it, remember how you've got here and why, and finish it off and be special for the rest of your lives. These really are the days that these players dream will come and they are 80 minutes from a place in rugby history. Immortality alongside some of rugby's greatest names and taking on the ultimate challenge that the sport has to offer. The British and Irish Lions against South Africa. The third and final test as it stands at one apiece is this Saturday evening. And to get a sense of what this means to these guys that will be taking the field, we've been hearing throughout Lions Daily over the, the recent weeks about the sacrifices and the challenges that they've overcome to, to be here uh, through the experiences and the thoughts of some of the people that knew them when they were younger. Uh, and I don't know about you, Alfie, but... I think the one word that I take out of this whole segment uh, as we look at these player profiles, pride. The, the pride that we've heard from brothers, from fathers, from former coaches, teammates and teachers, it's been palpable. I think that's the word that we've probably heard the most as well when, when we've kind of asked what's it like to see them play for the Lions and what message would you send? It's, you know, just how proud they are and their families and everyone at their previous rugby clubs back homes are of them. Well, we've got three guys left to cover and I'm, we're going to do them all right now because they're all going to play a part this weekend and hopefully a successful part. Firstly, the brother of Maruitoji, Jeremy, who Andrew McKenna recently caught up with. He's spoken about growing up watching the Lions. Um, did you sort of sit down as a family and watch those games together? What do you remember of that? No, no. So, um, Maru, well, when we grew up watching the, the Lions was mainly at boarding school. In the boarding house, as soon as we joined, joined St. George's, that's when we got like a, a huge introduction to, to rugby. And if I remember correctly, the first Lions tour we probably watched together was the 2009 one um, in South Africa as well. So it's, it's quite funny how it's, uh, it's got around to now. It was fascinating earlier on in the tour um, after the, the footballers got knocked out. And obviously he, he made those comments about racism. He, he's taken the knee during games very openly and, and very proudly as well. Uh, is that something that you talk a lot about as a family? And, and that obviously is a key, it's a key, a key part of him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in, in relation to the sort of um, BLM movement and, and the players taking the knee and, and the way he, football and rugby reacted to it that's something that we we always we always talked about for a long time as a family um having two parents who were um you know, sort of master graduates 
um, with obviously growing. My dad grew up in London, um, experienced a lot of some some stuff a lot worse than than what we did. Um, I think it's kind of responsible for a parent to have those conversations with uh, if you have if you have a black child. Um, so they've been having those conversations with us from a really really early 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 age really, and uh, said really like times in one go <laughs> but yeah they, they, they've had it from a we've had it from an early age and we've continued to talk about it you know, we have my sister's very much involved in um race issues as a career um and I, and I do the same in my workplace so it's something that's pretty much ingrained in our family let's go specifically onto the rugby and you i suppose having having played the game and understand the game maybe you can sort of help analyze this but what makes him so good <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've never actually been asked that analyzing before. Um, but I, I guess there's a there's a load of things. I think in terms of in terms of Mara in particular, I think his mind is he never switches off in terms of analyzing the game. Uh, when, when I come back from work, he's constantly um, looking at video footage. I think a lot of time second rows or the forwards get kind of pushed into a corner as just this brute force and not much thinkers but I think he's someone who has like a deep understanding of the game and when he plays on the edge he, he knows that you know, he, play, he plays on the edge so he just he's there or thereabouts all the time when it comes to just you know, on that line of, of, of an infringement or not. Lots of people get talked about as Lions greats I mean what would it take or I suppose first up what do you think a Lions great is and what would it take for Marrow to be considered down the line as one of those? I mean, to be a Lions great, in my opinion, it's just doing doing what you doing your best in the absolute in the test games, in the in the games that matter the most. Most even um, being a part of winning tours as well. You know, if uh, if Martin Johnson and you guys didn't win the the, the uh, tour to South Africa, then you know, he probably wouldn't be a Lions great, right? And I think going on multiple tours as well, and, and yeah, just just being. Just being there and being in the big moments, right? So players like you know, Sam Walton, Martin Johnson, um, you know, all, all those, all those great ones, and then the captains of the sides, especially, right? So, because um, you know, when, when you when you think about great Lions players, Johnny Wilkinson, for example, who's one of the greatest of all time, doesn't necessarily come come to mind because of his of his um, experiences in a Lions shirt. So, I think. All, all Mara needs to do win win this one in South Africa, win the one in Australia, and uh, and happy days. I think Jeremy Itoji's absolutely right uh, on his own criteria of what makes a Lions great. A big game from Maru again, and a and a Lions win, and he's pretty much there. And with a, with a lot left to go in his career yet. Yeah, maybe it's maybe stating the obvious, but I feel like Mara Itoji's performance we. We'll be able to gauge how the Lions have done based upon how he's done because he's such a focal point of that team. If he is able to get the upper hand and be just a complete pain and a nuisance and get turnovers and I want to see him whooping and hollering, you know the Lions are doing okay. Yeah, and as Jeremy said, he plays on the edge and that's when he said that, suddenly sprang into my mind again, it's Richie McCaw because he was a guy and the reason he was so great well, when he's durable, won World Cups and performed brilliantly when it really mattered, but he managed to go right up to that line but stay just the right side of it. Like he almost had a cloak of invisibility from from the referee sometimes and that's what great players can do. And and the reading of the game, that was really interesting hearing 
uh, that Matt Murray is just constantly studying the game. Really, really interesting. Well, do you know what? Finally, we wanted to give a bit more love to the, so a couple of the Irish players. So earlier, I caught up with Mike Ruddock, a uh, fine coach in his own right. And um, through his career, he coached Tyg Furlong and Robbie Henshaw. And he began by explaining the nickname that he gave to Tyg. I wasn't the best at pronouncing some of the Irish names and Tyg always sort of tripped me a little bit. So I, I, I being a bit old school as a Welshman, I used to give him nicknames. And, and uh, Tyg Furlong was at 20 years of age. He was he was larger than life. He had international physical size anyway. You know, he looked like a senior international player. And he had this fantastic personality and this great sort of... Um, presence as well to go with it, you know, and uh, I used to tease him and say, look, uh, Tiger, I'm going to call you the mayor of Wexford because I'm sure already, you know, you're the most popular man in Wexford and you'd have a lot of followers down there and you're, you're a bit larger than life. So I used to call him the mayor of Wexford and um, in the Junior World Cup, I used to give awards to, like, after each game for, like, skill of the day, um, king of the breakdown, um, tackler of the day and for three consecutive games, Tiger Fulham won tackler of the game, you know, and I'd show the clip back and I'd say, boys, round of applause for the winner of the, the tackle of the game, and uh, again, for the third consecutive game, it's the mayor of Wexford, Tyke Furlong, and he, the boys gave him a clap and, uh, you know, celebrated his tackle, and he put his hand up, he said, Mike, if you don't mind, please don't call me uh, the mayor of Wexford anymore, I said, oh, not a problem, Tyke, you know, what do you want me to call you instead? He said, call me the jukebox. I said, why is that? He said, because the hits keep coming. <laughs> so as a, 20, as a 20 year old I knew uh, he was destined for big things and, you know interesting enough I texted him when the Lions squad was announced and I said listen all the very very best to you and uh, he thanked me and he said look you called me at a sort of a good time I've just moved house uh, I moved over the game line he said so he's he's great fun you know he's, he's a great character but oh, when he's on that field he's world class you're clearly very fond of him. And what message would you give to Tig if you could speak to him now ahead of you know one of the biggest games of his career and he's been in some huge ones? What would you say to him? Well, what I'd say to Tig is you know that he's proven himself as you know a fantastic uh, top international scrummager, world class scrummager, and a great world class player. No, there's no one can doubt that. But I think now what he needs to do now on on Saturday is take charge of that scrum. You know, really realise that when he's going to speak, people are going to listen. That's great. I'm, I'm going to move over to, to Robbie Henshaw, another another man that will be appearing in, again, one of the biggest games of his career and formerly under your charge. Um, he just, he, he seems like one of those complete athletes. Like He can do it all. Is that what you saw in the in the young Robbie Henshaw? Yeah, look, when I played him, I only had one game with him in the under-20s. He was already playing senior rugby for Connacht, so I what we arranged was he played one game uh, for the, the island at the 20s um, in Athlone, which is his hometown. And all his family were there and, and the whole of the Buccaneers club were there and the whole of Athlone town was supporting Robbie because we knew already at that time that he was destined for big things. He was already playing first team rugby for Connacht. So uh, everyone turned out uh, to watch him. He actually played full back. I remember that game and he was a full back in those days. And his kicking game was unbelievable and probably something that I think that could be utilised a little bit more in the Lions game, in the Lions uh, tactics, you know. We're going to need big characters to, to go to places they've never been before. From what you're saying, it sounds like Robbie Henshaw is the kind of guy that could, could dig out something special when it's most needed. Yeah, I think so. I think both have been, both himself and Ty have been on Lions tours before, but I think the difference now is, you know, I'd love to see them now really take 
a massive leadership role uh, in in this deciding test because I think they've they've done their apprenticeship. They've learned uh, you know they learned the ropes. They've they've always been individually fantastic players. So I think the next step for them now is to galvanise the squad and really tell them what's expected of them and bring those you know those values uh, that they've sort of always personified on and off the field. Really, you know that that work ethic, that that hard work, that sort of ability to balance, be balanced and be positive and, and give everything you've got to, to sort of do the best thing, you know. So I think if they bring that and lead from the front, they you know, it makes such a difference to the Lions' effort. Former coach of both Tyke Verlog and Robbie Henshaw when they were in the Ireland under-20 set-up, Mike Ruddock there. Did you know, Alfie, that Robbie Henshaw's kicking game was, quote, outstanding? That was very interesting to hear. I had mm. no idea, Tim. I think most of us had no idea about that. I wonder why we don't see much of it. No, that, and... I mean, that would be one little rabbit out of a hat that Warren Gatland could uh, could maybe pull. And uh, outside centre, that might that might be something they can use. Mike Ruddock reckons it could be a little ace in the pack. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. And, and obviously Mike coached them when he was, you know, what was it, kind of close to under 20s or around yeah. him breaking into fresh. So it wasn't like he was a really good kicker when he was 14. No. He was a really good kicker when he was breaking into professional ranks. So Interesting. maybe he's got it up his sleeve. Interesting. Well, there you go. Uh, another... Player profile, three interesting characters from people that knew them uh, way before we even knew who they were. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. And next, we're going to chat to the former Lions second row, Simon Shaw. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. devastating to, to have lost uh, especially in that fashion um, even if we'd uh, drawn and taken it to the last game it would have been uh, some comfort but uh, yeah it's not a nice way to, uh, to finish you know I'd have, I'd, have, uh, I'd have rather been taken off uh, at half time for playing poorly than to have won man of the match and, and lost to be honest um, I'd rather have won this game and, and played badly to be honest um, but you know, that's the way it goes 
Rugby can be a brutal sport at times. Uh, those are the words there of Simon Shaw after the Lions lost the second test and the series as a result against South Africa in 2009. Now, either the Springboks or the Lions players are going to be feeling the same way this weekend after the decider. Uh, and I want to get inside the mind of uh, someone that knows what it's like to go to some very dark places. Uh, Simon Shaw joins me now. Hi, Simon. Hi, how are you? You, you? You're trying to get me teary already, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, bring it on. Um, just tell, tell me about what you remember of those uh, those moments and the days following that match back in two thousand and nine. Um, yeah, obviously, I, as you can tell from the from from my words, I was pretty devastated at the time. Um, but I'm I'm not the sort of person that sort of rests on on those emotions. I I, I get on with the next day, the next hour, pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, whilst it sat pretty badly with with badly with me for obviously the change room was a was a devastating place to be straight after the game but um you know having realized that we you know lost the series effectively you know as a, as a group um we we went out uh, that night and, and and drowned our sorrows as we as we had the right to do um and and, and got back on the training pitch and, and and tried to you know bring back the the tour uh, with a successful uh, game at the end of it, um, to and I think we, what we did was was sent a message out there that we weren't down and out. It wasn't um, uh, we wanted to leave a legacy for the next group of Lions players to to come and, and and pick up where we'd left off. So yeah, we didn't dwell on it for too long, thankfully. Um, and that's that's the great thing if you have another game um, the following week to to put to put, put right some wrongs. Um, but obviously this weekend. It's all or nothing. It's all in this game, and and as you said, like, rightly say, there'll be one devastated change room, one and one pretty happy one at the end of uh, end of Saturday's game. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't matter whether it's twelve years ago, fifty years ago, or or today. Uh, what you face with South Africa are some giant human beings, and you know, you were in the position where you would have been the quote-unquote enforcer in the team. So I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm fascinated what psychologically that is like, knowing you're going to have to go to some pretty ugly places physically. Um, I wouldn't say I was the enforcer, <laughs> but, but uh, I think the, from the, the first test um, in South Africa in 2009, it was pretty evident that we needed to, to bulk up the, the, the scrum particularly uh, and we were getting a bit a bit physically bullied in in some other areas as well so I obviously added physical bulk to, to the following week's lineup as did uh, Adam Jones as well on on, on on my side of the scrum so um yeah I, I knew I, I I very much had a role to play um in, in changing how the, the eventual result should have could have been um, obviously, the, you know, we didn't manage it on, on the day, although we came very, very close. Uh, but I, I did affect that part of that change. And, and that's why I think for, for long periods of the game, we, we were ahead of the South Africans. And, and, you know, it was in the end, it was a, a very narrow victory for them, but it, it deserved us. Obviously, professional rugby players are wired that they they relish the, the, the confrontation. But equally, there must there must be moments where a little a bit of doubt or, or or even fear creeps in that would that would be only natural how do you manage your emotions as you build up to a a, a massive challenge as we've got this weekend yeah undoubtedly i mean but you see it in lots of sports you know you you, you say you see you know hard seriously hard heavyweight boxers go you know 
nose to nose and 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 they win rounds, lose rounds, and 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 all through those competitions, as with rugby, there'll be moments where you just think, God, you know, this guy's got the edge on me, or or you know, I don't seem to be getting uh, the effect I want from from my carries or from my tackles, or but you know, each and every time that that part of your brain tells you that you've got you've got to stop, you know, arguing with it and, and telling it that that um, no, you are capable of, of so much more and, and that's why I always think that, you know there's a there's a physical battle you know with your body but there's also a battle with your head to tell yourself that you can you can out muscle and, and be physical with it with a side like South Africa and, and um, yeah it does come into doubt you know sometimes uh, the, the start of that game in 2009 um, you know I think the, the South African pack pretty much drove us 20 meters and I was I was told by <coughs> You know, asked by Bucky's boat of why why on earth I was in the side. I thought that was that was the edge I was going to bring, and 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 that was enough to tick me off and, and get my uh, sort of blood boiling and and, and get me uh, to become a bit more physical ultimately. So. That, 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 back, that backfired on his part then. Now, uh, I want to look ahead to this weekend, but um, uh, I'm going to hear now. Have a listen to this. This is your former coach, Sir Ian McGeekin, who joined TalkSport Breakfast this morning, and he was asked, who will make the difference for the Lions in the third test? The forwards, there's no doubt. They, they've got to make sure that they get the right possession to be able to play. Um, they were outplayed in the second half. The longer the second half went on last week. Um, and they need to be able to create certainly quick ball from the line out. And then at least it allows the halfbacks and the midfield to then pick and choose a little bit about where they play next. If South Africa dominate the way they did in the second half last week, then it makes it really difficult for the for the halfbacks to play. Really, the, the line out and, and defending malls, which has become a big thing, uh, is so important. The thoughts of Sir Ian The Lions lost the physical battle in that second test. Um, Simon, what will they be looking to change? As you looked at the game, what can they turn around? Well, I mean, I, I certainly thought, you know, with, with, with the kicking game um, that both sides played, I think they actually played more into South African hands than, than it did the Lions because what we saw last week is that the South African team looked, looked um, became a bit more tired in the second half. Um, and what you want to do in the first half against South African sides is, is try and run them around, obviously meet them physically where you can and when you can. Um, if you don't t- tire them and you know tire their legs, they're going to get stronger in the second half. They're going to feel like they're more and more capable of winning winning a game. Uh, you've got to put doubts in their minds as to whether they can last the, the full duration of the game, and, and that means you've got to test them early on and, and get them running around. And I don't think we did that by kicking. And and so I'd I'd like to see us take them on uh, physically in the ruck, uh, run them around. And then see and see what they've got left in the legs in the second half. When you reflect on on your career, just how, just give us a sense of just how difficult it is to win in South Africa. It's it's well, I mean, uh, I I texted someone um, earlier this week. Um, they said, you know, it's going to be a tall order. I said, well, you know, um, Jim Telfer made the the famous or, or combined with the McGeekin made the famous. Um, Everest speech. I mean, this is this is like Everest and K two put together. So that's that's 
how so tough it's going to be. Um, but, you know, they're capable. The Lions are capable, without a doubt. They've shown it in the first game. Uh, both games have been tight, albeit the, the second test scoreline wouldn't necessarily reflect that as much. But, but it's still still tight margins. And I, I you know, fully believe that they've got the capability. It's, uh, it's just, you know, whether they believe it ultimately. You've got the experience of those series in South Africa. There's a lot made about the the Lions and the bonds that that last well beyond uh, even the playing career and the rest of your life. How 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 true is that? And when you catch up with these guys that you played with twelve or or twenty four years ago, what, um, just what comes back to you? What what's, how special are those relationships, Simon? Yeah, it's hundred percent true. You know, um, obviously. <laughs> Maybe easier if you if you win a series, but um, you know it's still all the same. I, I keep in touch with with you know a lot of the guys from '97, a lot of the guys from 2009, um, and you know I think it's I, I liken it weirdly to a sort of Big Brother series because you're in such an intense environment um, for a limited period of you know I mean in yesteryear it would have been sort of eight nine weeks now not so not so long but it's a very very intense environment. And you're you're thrown together, uh, put through um, you know some some hellish training sessions, some hellish games at times, and you learn a lot about each other. And then you know, coupled with that, you're you're rooming with each other, you're in each other's pockets all the time. You go out together, so it is it, it is like the the intensity of a sort of big brother environment. Um, and and you, I've always sort of questioned how those you know the celebrities that go on those shows you know sort of turn to each other. Oh, they'll be, be friends for life and I always kind of question it but it's it's very like that um you know you go through something like that together and, and um, it's a bond that you you share forever and finally Simon a prediction for the third test oh, oh I really don't know <laughs> um I I'm gonna go I've, I've got I think I've gone for the same score every week which is 25 23 um I'm gonna go with the Lions because I can't bring myself to to say uh this happens to win. So 25 23 to the Lions. Uh, yeah, and no penalties for Mornay stayed at the end this time, please. Um, no, exactly. Exactly. Simon, thanks so much for your time. And uh, we're going to be um, we're going to be coming to your restaurant um, amongst some Lions fans as part of our coverage on Saturday. So I'll see you there. Very much looking forward to it. Good man. You're listening to the Lions Daily on Talk Sport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby 18 plus. Be drink aware. And next, we're going to round up some of the other bits of news relating to the tour and hear some of those uh, some of those amusing moments from Talksport's exclusive commentary. Both teams, I think, have you know shown what they're capable of. As everyone who's a neutral would want is a third test decider. You know, I think this is a bold step by Gats, but one that probably was will excite a lot of people and will make this test match even more exciting to see who wins the series. They can play rugby. That is why they're there. I would have focused on, on the mental side of, of how I don't want to let four nations down. Really, it's just massive, isn't it? Anyway, you slice and dice it. In the world of rugby union, just days like this don't get bigger and you will not miss a moment of the final third test between the Lions and South Africa in Cape Town here on Talk Sports, uh, kick-off 5pm this Saturday, build-up from four. But here on the Lions Daily on Talk Sport 2, I'm just going to wrap up some of the other news that's been going on 
around the tour. And first up, uh, and, and let me bring in TalkSport's Alfie Reynolds for this as well, because I want to make sure I get my facts right on this. Sure. Interesting story. So Marco Massotti is the, the head of a, a consortium that now owns a majority share in the South African franchise, the Sharks, from Natal. And he has vowed to support Razi Erasmus after a misconduct charge was brought against him. And he tweeted... I have a team of New York lawyers ready to take care of Razi and South African rugby. Let's put world rugby on trial. For what? <laughs> What's going on? Well, obviously, if you have a team of New York lawyers, that's automatically a lot more fancy and a, a lot more intimidating. It is a bizarre thing to tweet, isn't it? But I think a serious point out of this, Tim, if I can make one, is what lions talk they just it just divides us doesn't it down national lines <laughs> totally. whether you work in the media it doesn't matter who you are if you're south african right now razi erasmus is 100 percent in the right if you're you know this side of it and our side of it it's an absolute disgrace and a stain on the game i mean only a lions tour could do this couldn't it and we should enjoy this as well because it's in a few you know this time next week uh, you know England, Wales, Ireland and Scotland fans will be back to <laughs> bickering with each other. But at the moment, we're all stood shoulder to shoulder, uh, which you've got to enjoy. Another bit of news and another tweet, actually, from Brian O'Driscoll, the Ireland and Lions legend. And he said, he's pointed out that it can't have been an easy three weeks for, well, and he's listed the names of eight players who've had no game time through the Lions series. And he said, uh, yes, yeah, some of them will have originally just have been happy to be selected, but no game time means... You're not, you don't feel a proper part of it, and that cannot happen again, which I'd not really considered. Ordinarily, there would be midweek games in between the tests, so the players would, would get some game time and have a, have a shot at trying to force their way into the team. It must have been a weird few weeks for these guys. Yeah, what is it normally? I'm forgetting now. Is it normally they have two midweek games? So midweek game yeah. between after the first and after the second s- test. Second test is that yeah. right? Yeah. So it is a strange situation. I mean, to a degree, it can't be helped. I, I think it'd be different. I think there's some guys in there, Jamie George, to give one example, that probably felt, you know, I, c- I can, you know, train my way into the team. Obviously, I'm sure he's pretty disappointed to not have done that. But there's others in there that I would have thought would have a fairly good indication that unless someone gets injured or something, they're, they're probably not going to play a part. And I think that would be difficult. Three weeks in a bubble, in a hotel, away from family. I, th- I think it is a, it's a fair point raised by Brian O'Driscoll. Yeah, obviously there are very unique circumstances mm. around this tour, but an interesting uh, talking point nonetheless. Uh, elsewhere, um, well, Mornay Stain has been named on the bench for South Africa and he famously kicked the winning penalty in the second test of the 2009 series. South Africa head coach Jacques Nianaba, he admitted that that was part of the reason he was selected. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get come doesn't come down to that. But I mean, it's a fair uh, uh, comment in terms of, and that's probably one of the big things uh, uh, that weighed in Mournay's selection uh, favour. You know, uh, is the fact that he's been there, he's been in big games like this. Uh, he understands uh, 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 the pressure that it will be. Like I say, I think if, if you take World Cup final and you take this game, I think the pressure in 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 this game is going to be similar to that, you know, it's a do or die. It's probably that uh, between the World Cup and the British and Irish Lions series, it's, it, it's, it's as big as it can get. And, uh, um, and, and like, yeah, Morna has been there before. Uh, he's, he's done it before, you know, in a, in, in a big game in 2009. Jacques Nienaber on why he selected Mornay staying on the bench for South Africa. And I, I guess it just 
does go to back up just what a massive game this in that when they have a guy in their squad who who knows what it's like to kick a winning penalty in a in a Lions tour and knows what it's like to win a World Cup when you've got that sort of experience these are the moments you need to draw on it yeah, it totally makes sense. It's an interesting parallel with the Lions as well, where Owen Farrell has dropped completely out of the 23 and you've got Finn Russell or even Sam Simmons on the bench. It's it's a great point. And, well, yeah, may, maybe you could argue that Warren Gatland is um, is rolling the dice and is, you know, fortune favours the brave on that sense. And you could argue that it's a, a slightly negative selection from Jack Nienaber, perhaps. I don't. I wish I hadn't said that. I've just gone and jinxed it, haven't I? Another Mornay stain penalty kick. Yeah, I mean, that's 100%. That's in the script Sorry. For, for the weekend, isn't it? But Sorry. yeah, I, th- I think the Lions bench is one that is is throwing caution to the wind a little bit. You know, Sam Simmons, Finn Russell, I have concerns over, you know, let's say it's a tight game or the Lions are trailing slightly and they come on with 15 minutes to go. I'm not sure how much we can expect those guys to to come on and bring an influence. I mean, it's a chance to be a hero, isn't it? In a sense, it's what, what you'll probably dream of as a kid to come on and win a test match. But it's a tall order against this South African team. The next three days are going to go so slowly because I'm so excited for this game to come. I'll tell you what, um, we've got it all covered for you on the coverage that will be on TalkSport this Saturday evening. And uh, a couple of the funny moments from TalkSport's commentary, just to finish off then. And here is James Haskell. Uh, he had the right analogy uh, on just on the tip of his tongue. Marin Otoji and Ian Nitzmith are just having a, I don't know what it is, like a cuddle off, trying to assert authority to each other. It's like two bulls rutting, or is it two, whatever, whoever ruts, it's like them doing that. Stags. Um, Stags, Stags rutting, thank you. That's why you're the the, 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 the commentator who works every week and I fly in for these games. See, Maka, not just an expert on rugby as well. Nature, he's all over that too. Straight there as well. Such a professional, Andrew McKenna. Everyone needs a mate like Maka just to kind of dig you out of a hole when you're in one. Yeah, that's absolutely true. They've been great, Macker and Haskell, on our commentary. Yeah. You should absolutely get TalkSport on this Saturday. It is like a buddy cop uh, movie, the two of them, because you've got the straight man and the and the loose cannon. It rem- Have you seen the film, oh, what's it called, with Will Farrell and Mark Wahlberg now, and they're, they're cops? You may not have seen it. I know the one. I, I can see the cover. They're both jumping. Uh, yeah, it's, I was going to say 21 Jump Street, but that's a different it's one. A similar sort of thing. Yeah. The name escapes me, but it's a similar combination to what we saw in yeah. that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, movie makers, you've, you've got a, a, a movie waiting to happen right there. Uh, another one then. It, it, it's not always easy being a former player and, and having to watch the game. And Haskell was desperate to be involved on Saturday. If there's a teleporter, can someone get me in, rebuild my ankle and get me on the field? I just, I love these moments. And Eden Etzbeth again. You know, it's just those little moments where you just sort of, because you can't do anything, you sort of want to have a little wrestle with someone as well, just throw the bloke to the floor that says everything about why James Haskell got what over 70 caps for England because he saw it all kicking off and wanted to go and get involved I'd be running from Ibn Etzebeth thank you very much Ibn Etzebeth versus Mauro Toje and their kind of grappling hugging matches has been a key feature of this series yeah. who's going to come out on top I'd be the guy standing behind Mauro Toje going yeah yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah, all, yeah. that's all you get out of me uh, and uh, on our match coverage we've had reporters Right across the country, and here is Nick Heath chatting with the former England front row, Rocky Clark. Rocky, at these last couple of scrums we've seen, um, what have you made of it? Yeah, there's been some really interesting angles from both sides, but I think it's time now to get Mako off, get Sutherland on some fresh legs, sort out these angles, and then get some dominance back in the scrum. There you go, bit of front row nous on Talk Sport. Back to you, Mako. It's amazing who you bump into in the pub, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> 
Love that. I wouldn't know, Macca, because no. we're stuck in yes, an airing exactly. cupboard. So stop, stop talking about the pub, can everybody, please? Nick bumped into Sean Holly, former Ospreys and Wales coach last week. Rocky Clark this week. Love it. Love it. And uh, you will get full coverage of that decisive final test this Saturday evening. Commentary of the third test between South Africa, the world champions and the British and Irish Lions on TalkSport. Kick off at 5pm and you've been listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse. The spirit of rugby, 18 plus. Be drink aware. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.